Welcome to Modern Figures Podcast, hosted by Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen, where we are elevating the voices of Black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. This podcast exists to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, to inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, and to dispel the myths and preconceptions about Black women in computing. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. This season is generously supported by NCWIT and CRAWP. The National Center for Women and Information Technology, or NCWIT, is a nonprofit community that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase the influential and meaningful participation of girls and women in technology. And the Computing Research Association's Committee on Widening Participation in Computing, or CRAWP, endeavors to increase the success and participation of underrepresented groups in computing research and education at all levels. I already know before we get started, we have an extremely wonderful episode for you today. Joining us, we have Shamika Emanuel, who <laughs> hails from Sumter, South Carolina, currently in Atlanta, Georgia. And she is a diversity STEM strategist at Google, and she works primarily on the Code Next project. She has a bachelor's in systems and computer science from Howard University, and she has a master's in computer engineering from North Carolina State University. So just some other claims to fame. She's been a senior product manager for the Amazon Future Engineer team. She was at Intel Corporation for almost 12 years. I think she started when she was two because the math is not mathing. Where she held a variety of positions um, from validating processors all the way up to diversity scholar program manager. Um, she also gives back to the community. She's been a co-chair for the Birds of the Feather Committee for the Richard Tapia Celebration of Diversity in Computing Conference for the 2019 through 2022 conferences. Anecdotally, I got a chance to meet uh, Stamika at the conference this year where our mutual friend, uh, Dr. Corey Baker, <laughs> he was able to introduce us and he was like, oh, she got a story. She needs to be on the podcast and <laughs> you know, met her casually. It was cool. And then um, we're just, you know, there's this VIP reception going on literally above us. And we're mm. like, oh, all the big wigs are above us right now. And we're just sitting in the lowly lobby. And Shamika's like, y'all, come on upstairs. <laughs> Loud. And we're like, it's, we're like, the stairs are roped off. She's like, just come on. <laughs> so she sneaks us into this <laughs> VIP reception for this conference. Y'all know you are a- very important people too. So <laughs> stop. But Thank we weren't you. like the organizers. That's the thing. We weren't organizers. We were just like, like and presenting right but they had like you know everybody was up there like all the folks who you know who you see on the stage who you see organizing things i'm like I but i also like everybody else snuck in dr ayana howard as well oh that's right that's right so we were in good company with the sneaking in uh, but we were having the best time on the planet like we were late for dinner some people were supposed to meet us there and we we just had a ball so i'm so happy that she's here to join us today and welcome oh my god i'm honored to join you both Aww. because i got a chance to you know look at some of your other podcasts and i'm like oh lord <laughs> so <laughs> so i'm just honored to be here so thank you for having me absolutely well, thank you yay thank you. okay so i'm just kind of excited one kyla told me 
somehow we convinced you to be on this podcast with us. <laughs> the um, drinks. I, it's it's seen, convincing. Yeah, no, I've seen you on the stage at Tapia, you know, like I, I heard you talk. I know what we're about to get into. They don't know, though. The listeners aren't ready. They They're not ready. They're not ready. Um, oh, ready. I, I want us to like start from the beginning, but I really I just feel like I need a moment to just talk about this Corey Baker connection. Oh, yes. Oh, Corey Baker. <laughs> <laughs> he is it's hilarious yeah dr Corey baker and my husband actually went to san jose state together mm. um and so i know Corey through that but also because of the national gym um consortium oh, as well oh, yeah yeah because you know we're gym fellows as well i was also a gym fellow come through gym um and i was able to make that a whole full circle moment with jim being a gym fellow but also um, being a diversity scholar program manager at mm. Intel, who was the person who was the gym representative and being oh, cool. able to select other gym fellows and being able to actually encourage, um, push, whatever, <laughs> Intel to invest in more of this wonderful talent that we have in the black and brown communities. Because um, that's one of the things we need is money, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then also being able to serve as the president of the association for um, the Jim Alumni Association. So Jim, okay. like, is full circle. And I know oh. y'all also have the connection through Nesby. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm not one of the cool kids of Nesby, though. Like, how can I be down more? Look, let's talk about <laughs> it. Let's make it happen. I'm just saying. Yeah, because that's... That's not an issue, okay? Not for you. <laughs> not for you. There might be some people where it's well, questionable. Right, right, right. But right. You, you already you know there. people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, you like my work wife that we talked about before, oh, Dr. Right. Lauren Thomas, now Quigley. Oh, excuse mm-hmm. me. <laughs> she was my wife first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. She could be your wife. I'm her cupcake. So we've been, we've been together for a long, long time, me and Lauren. Mm, Um, She was on the podcast really early. Yeah. um, Oh my God. Because I was really excited to have someone whose background is like in my space in engineering education, but he moved into a tech oriented position. First off, can I be like you? So it's so funny (laughs) um, that I am in the education equity space and Mm -hmm. corporate um, but that is not my background. I am what you call one of those passionate people who mm-hmm. is doing this work. But you're an actual like expert, so I feel like I need to wife you as well. Um, and so, <laughs> just collect in wow. front of all of these viewers here today. I'm asking for your hand in marriage. Okay, <laughs> I humbly accept. <laughs> Listen, because your goals. Okay, so let's let's start from the beginning. So I. I I need to know a little bit more about you first before mm. I, you know, sign the certificate. So if you this would just indulge us for a moment. This is why I knew you were the one, <laughs> right? I knew you were the one because you asking the right question. <laughs> <laughs> so Sumter, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Is that where you also grew up? <laughs> yes, I was okay. born in Toomey Hospital. Yes, it was called Toomey. That is a sign. Like Tombstone, that's weird. But anyway, Toomey (laughs) Hospital in Sumter, South Carolina, and grew up there. And um, I I think my love or my focus on education equity started very early um, because I realized that, you know, first off, 
Sumter is a very segregated town, period, mm. right? There is literally train tracks that split <laughs> yeah. the town, oh, wow. right? Like you know, the literal. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And so for me, what would happen was I was going to school, but I was tracked very early on to be in these gifted and honors mm-hmm. and, you know, AP programs not realizing that the people that grew up right in my community were not getting access to the same level of education that I was getting. Now, also the other part was even my side of the school looked different. The people Mm. on my side of the school looked different. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? That's real. sound like my high school. I literally just walked through Mm -hmm. and was like, yep. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And so for me, it was about... I think it was always in the back of my mind, like, why? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? My friends are smart. You know what I mean? Like, my best friends, we ride hard. and But why didn't they have access to the same teachers and (laughs) things that I did, too? Yes, go on and sip that tea. Come on. Out of, out, of the Google, <laughs> out of the Google cup, everyone. I know, the Purely product a coincidence. I love guy. it. I love it. But no, that was, that was really what it was. And it's so funny because one of my teachers, um, I will not say her name on this um, podcast because, um, you know, just because. Um, but she was an ex-lawyer. Um, she mm. was not a black person. <laughs> and she was my English teacher. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was deciding on what college I wanted to go to. First off, uh, any young people who are watching, please, please, please watching or listening, please cast your net um, wide for these colleges because you never know the opportunities that you shut yourself out from Mm -hmm. because you don't think that you're qualified to go to this school or that school or whatever. Right. So please and take the PSAT so you can find out. And they can find right. out about you, right? That's a, that's like the social media dating app for colleges, <laughs> right? And students. And so for me, it was um, this woman telling me, so I, I told her out of my schools, I had two PWIs on my list and mm-hmm. Howard. And I said I had chosen Howard and she cried. She told me I was throwing my life away and I was too good to go to that Black school is what she said. This is why I didn't say her name. Ma'am. (laughs) Ma'am. Let's just call her ma'am. How many teeth did you knock out of her head? None, because I was in Sumter. (laughs) I know you still in Sumter. And I was 17. So I was looking at her with confusion. (laughs) Like, why are you so. Like, you know, I'm black as well, right? And for that, there's just so many things wrong. You know, let's unpack this. You know how they put us, like, you're one of the good ones, mm. I guess, in her. I don't really know. But it was for me, that was what really helped me to understand that Howard actually was my place, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> that I needed yeah. to be there, that I needed to see other people like as beautiful as you both are, who Aww. are pushing and like we're all trying to achieve something. And it was just like, oh, I have a tribe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a tribe of people. And now I'm not saying you have to go to HBCU to find your tribe. I'm saying I had to because my yeah. like I hadn't seen it. You see what right. I'm saying? You can find yeah. those tribes at other schools, whatever Absolutely. that looks like for you, but find it. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of where I went with it. Now, how did I choose computer science with no computer in my house? <laughs> 
<laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> so somebody told me I could go to school for free. I was hey. smart enough to do it, and I and I still to this day I'm like, okay, put me in coach. All I gotta do is like I need to just go to college. That's what I say in my mind. If I need to mm-hmm. do something new, go to school, right? Get my knowledge. and get it together and ramp up on it and so when they told me I could go to school for free if I said I was going to do that major I was like bet here it is now I am eternally grateful (laughs) that I actually selected a really good major I mean I went to college in the late 1900s so (laughs) you know what I mean You are not a colony ranger. I just just wanted you to understand (laughs) that it wasn't like a whole bunch of people was like computer science in the 90s. You know what I mean? Actually, hardware was very sexy back then, Mm -hmm. which is why you saw me shift into my master's and get, you know, go computer engineering because I wanted to be one of the sexy architects. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, sexy. Okay, when we say sexy, I've never we, heard anyone describe computer architecture as sexy. But oh I'm my here god, for it. it's so I'm sexy! It. <laughs> it is so like it's like the dopest thing in the world to say. I did that. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? That phone. Yeah, I did that. That's true. That technology. I can see that. Yeah. More yeah. like you have a physical <laughs> device, right. something physical that you actually say like I did. X, Y, and Z. Right. Like I can, I you can this. see it. Right, Boom. right. You can touch Boom. it. Well, mine is inside the computer, and if you press this button, yeah, <laughs> this button someone else thing. made. I mean, right, right, <laughs> right, right. Like the stuff that I was working on actually makes it possible for these data centers to not crash and burn. Right, mm-hmm. and that's important. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I'm like, okay, if you are enjoying your experience on Facebook today. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) If you are enjoying this experience today, you're welcome. Right. The process of design. You see what I'm saying? All of this is running on all. So anyway, that was me. (laughs) So some of the reasons why I went into tech are not because I was like, oh, my God, I love it. It was first for financial reasons and for me to get out of the space that I was in. I did not grow up. Um you know, with a lot of money. So I knew that this was something I needed to do to not just, you know, help my myself, but my mother, right? And the rest of my family. Oh, snap! snap. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who are listening, you may not have heard that noise. We just had someone join us on the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself, new guest? Uh, Greetings, everyone. My name is Corey Baker. And I'm an assistant professor at the University of Kentucky in the Department of Computer Science. Dr. Baker, welcome Come to on. the pod. <laughs> yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> You're one of the you no few men who have been on this show. So I'm privileged. Ooh, I'm just here. You're listen. literally number three out of like, this is episode 61. You're number three that's been on the wow, show. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just here to support. Okay, let's and take a still- detour for a moment because <laughs> yes. we were all talking about <laughs> yes. how Shamika met Kyla. Yes. But you ain't introduced us. Like, what is that? <laughs> Jeremy, where were you? I don't know where you were at <laughs> at the time. 
I don't know. What I mean, I was we were uh, we were having refreshments. Uh, <laughs> and refreshments. You can tell the truth, right? We already told it. We already told it. Oh uh, well, I, did, I, I I'm not sure what was said, but we were having refreshments, things like water, <laughs> or thirds, uh, and yeah, it just it just naturally happened. Okay, okay, that's cool. But Jeremy, I don't know where you were. You were. You were working. No, were... this was during the time that you were trying to be on your recon mission to get um, my clothing. stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, you're t- right. Because I showed up and it was ending. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot going on that yeah. day. It was rough, man. I lost all But I think stuff. it's awesome when uh, great people meet great people, so. Aww. Yeah, definitely. But we had to facilitate all of this. But we had a great time, and you literally were like, "You need to be on the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> but I'm happy that I'm here. And by the way, I talked to Michelle. Thanks, Dr. Baker, for. <laughs> oh, that's great, sir. New things coming about then. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. so Corey is the plug is what I'm hearing right now. That's what I'm hearing too. Natural connector. Okay. He's natural. Yep. Well, Corey, we got to get Shamika in with the Nesby fam. Because that's what she said she needs next. I'm not. Okay. Oh, I mean, Shamika, don't let Shamika play around. She has all the plugs. I already told you. I already <laughs> said that. He has. I mean, you weren't here. You, you have. You have engineer in academia and industry. She has all the connections. Um, I mean, Shamika, I think Shamika's looked out for me a a ton of times, whether it comes to me when I was in grad school or graduate, having my graduate students. So, I mean, she's the real plug. Well, I mean, that's what this is all about, right? Like, is us coming together and not only being there for each other, but for the next generation of technologists um, who are coming up because I'm grateful for the folks who came before us. So mm-hmm. if there's anything I can do to push and to be the one in the room to, you know, jump on tables. Yes, I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, come on. Um, we can call it passionate. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, if you're jumping on tables, you're definitely passionate. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's do it. So. I just I just find that I just try to use my position like all of you um, to make sure that we clear the pathway for other people. Now, this is a great way for me to say I don't like people who are just holding space and Ooh, not mm. willing to push. Amen. So let's be on, let's be clear about that. I'm not going to call no names, but <laughs> there are people <laughs> out there that I'm like if you not if you're not willing to say the tough things and do the tough work and push for these communities that have been marginalized not just in tech but just in life mm-hmm. you know what I mean then I don't really need you in this space go do like you can be wonderful at operations of something go do that mm-hmm. right but let the people who are willing to push be in this space is all I'm saying so Agree. That is yeah, a word. <laughs> yeah. That is a whole word. So, you know, you got your master's degree. Somewhere around there, you got married, I assume. Yeah. Which means at some point, Corey enters the conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For real. Like he just the San Jose said, so, State conversation. Are we there? Are, yes. we, are we at that point? I feel like we're there. <laughs> Tell Dan I said, what up? Dan. <laughs> Dr. Corey Baker says We're hello. We're going to have all of these guest appearances. You can step in and say hi. This is the guest-studded show, apparently. Step in and say hello if you would like. 
He's watching Because we it. already <laughs> wrangled Corey to get on here. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> he said he's scared. Oh. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I, we I won't tell that. the whole story. It's okay. I don't. I don't need to know what was involved. I just know that this is around the time that <laughs> you likely met him, right? In, in yes. Your yes. Yes. So, like, you know, um, moved out to California. I cried actually because Aww. in my, I thought I was going to stay in the southeast. Um, mm. And I actually wrote on my resume. Remember back? Okay, so I'm really dating myself. Back in the day, used to put geographical locations or preferences mm-hmm. oh, yeah. on your resume. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hush, kids. Don't be laughing at me. But anyway. Or an objective <laughs> statement. With all yeah, these like yeah. all these things, right? And so I had put southeastern region of the United States. So my boss at Intel almost did not even call me for an interview because oh, wow. he was afraid that I was not going to move. But what he didn't know was I was hungry, so I was moving wherever the job <laughs> was going to be. You know what I mean? Um, and so I ended up, I thought I was going to stay in Raleigh and work for IBM. Shout out to IBM. Um, but <laughs> they weren't checking for me at the time. I'm going to just put it out there. Um, and so I went for another eye and got the job at Intel, <laughs> um, which actually worked out pretty well for me and um, ended up meeting my husband within six months of me moving um, to the Bay Area. So, yes, black women, there are black men in the Bay Area. Dr. Baker was there. <laughs> <laughs> he he's knows taking. all five of the right. black men that live. I'm just like, all five of the black men. <laughs> but you know just in general, yeah, yeah. Just in general, what I'm saying is there are black men in the Bay who do like black women who, <laughs> you know, and all. I mean, of that's, that. real. That. You can say that's real. That's real. Yeah, because you know maybe, that's what maybe they maybe say about y'all. Mm. Yeah, and a couple at Berkeley, and I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Close is baby. I'm. T- I didn't say that, but anyway, <laughs> just in general. So that's where we met, um, and we had our first daughter in 2008. Well, we only Aww. have one daughter. We have three children. Yes. So we have a 14 year old. She's in ninth grade right now. Yes. At high school, which is the same high school that Cam Newton went to, and they will not hmm. let you forget it. Um, (laughs) they don't. There's a sign that says Cam Newton went here. I'm like, who Mm. does that? I don't know. (laughs) Um, but but shout out to Sumter because we had Ray Allen and John Morant. You know what I mean? So I mean, but but there's no sign that says home of Ray Allen and John Morant. (laughs) They need one. I'm just Mm. saying, maybe maybe we do. Um, and so my my daughter is 14. Then we have a son who is in seventh grade. He's 12. He's taller than me. Um, DJ Daniel Jr. and then another son Christopher who was born on Christmas Day he'll be nine this year so yes yes we got high school middle school elementary school in this house I know y'all's faces are like that would have happened without you Corey that would have happened I'm just saying (laughs) I I didn't do that intro (laughs) yeah he didn't do that intro okay so let me tell you the intro now okay yeah we met on MySpace what? That's how old we are. Oh, wow. With Tom <laughs> as your first friend. Look at technology. <laughs> technology. Coming Tom was my first lives. friend. <laughs> Amazing. But just saying, so we met. He sent me a message. Did you have a said, MySpace song on your page? 
you know, I didn't because as an engineer, I realized that it was really tanking my performance as far as uploading my page. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would make you the page see what I'm slow. saying? Yeah, that, you know what I mean? Like, when it You're was, right. it was like, why are y'all? So that's also why Facebook won. The book won because they kept their stuff simple and they were mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to let y'all crazy people just take this over because y'all don't understand big old notation. <laughs> you know what I mean like right because you don't understand it it's my job to understand it for you and give you right. a great tool such that the performance to improve your experience come right. on exactly. okay mm-hmm. shout out to use experience people everywhere <laughs> just <saying. laughs> Ooh, okay I love this this is great <laughs> Corey do you have any more comments before you know you kind of exit the conversation. Oh, oh yeah, kicking damn. me out. I know. <laughs> that's Jeremy. That's uh, Jeremy. That's like, no, I'm just that's not going to ask any more questions. Probably. I, I, I almost, I almost said your nickname on the on the podcast, ooh. but I will leave it out. Ooh, ooh, uh, wait a minute. Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> Put it in the chat. Look, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad thing. Okay. But you, you know, you, I don't want everybody else to just start calling you that. But okay. But when you when you when you were giving me the boot, I almost said it. So <laughs> <laughs> you don't gotta go. I'm just saying. I want to know, like, if there's anything, like, from your perspective that you know you recognized about Shamik. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I what mean, should we know? What should we know? Um, I mean, I'm so I, I missed the beginning. I, I guess to me, the biggest thing with Shamika is the trajectory. I, she's been climbing fast. Mm. Um, and then she's been at a number of these these large companies that uh, people want to work for. So, like, you know, I would be interested in one, the, you know, how did you make the trajectory or how did you get there? Mm-hmm. Like what make mm-hmm. and then also what makes you do the jump? And then also, you know, maybe some of the tea about like what position slash job is, has mm. been a favorite and why. Mm. OK. I knew I had to ask something from Corey. Okay. Oh, I have mercy so, now. So we, like, we just got into position number one. Right. And we and we got a few more Oof, to go through, lot. right? Cause I know. From, this mm-hmm. is a Somehow lot. you switched from mm-hmm. Intel I did. over to Amazon. So, so, so let me say that at Intel, I enjoyed the hardcore technical piece. So most of my time at Intel was in the Xeon server team. So... Hmm. Most of it was doing design work, but what She's happened? Using that computer engineering degree. Oh, She's I like, y'all gonna get that. some circuit work. <laughs> you gonna get all of this, okay? And my name is Shamika. Okay, <laughs> now do something. Okay, okay. So that was really fun. Um, but what I did was after the fourth server processor, I looked around and I'm like, there's no one who looks like me. Um, now I was blessed to have this wonderful tech you know, advisor, tech leader in my team. Shout out to Ben. Um, And he actually, a black dude, went to Stanford, is a Kappa. So once again, God looks out, right? (laughs) You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. God looks out and he's one of the smartest men I know. Do you Mm -hmm. hear me? Like, as far as memory controller technology goes, I'm like, how does your brain compute this? And I'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, he gave me the solution. Now say it two more times. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> you know, so I was blessed in that. But what I'm saying as far as women went, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, like I could see myself there. Um, so that's when um, Shirley Meyer 
I'm, I'm throwing out names. Uh, Corey knows her. She was the diversity scholar program manager at Intel. And she's actually the one who gave me my gem fellowship. Mm. And she was like everybody's mom. Um, and so but can you she, tell our guests what the gem fellowship is oh, just in case they don't know what that means? So the national gem consortium was founded in 1976. <laughs> Okay, commercial voice. Oh, yes. You know, <laughs> my dad was actually a DJ in Columbia, South Carolina at the Big DM. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so I do have that connection as well. But um, so the National Gym Consortium is this wonderful nonprofit that gives um, basically black, brown and native uh, uh, students a chance to pursue advanced degrees. So if you want a master's or a Ph.D. and you want to go for free and get paid, get a little money. OK, stipends. We can tell you how to get a free advanced degree in engineering, right? Mm -hmm, There's so much money and so much need for you to do that. But here's the catch. You have to first get your bachelor's degree. So let's talk you through that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And get you there. But the National Gym um, Consortium is amazing. And you have some wonderful gym fellows that are famous today that are doing big things. Like the president of the University of Maryland was a gym alumni. The director of um, research for the Department of Defense is a gym alumni. He was also the one who was the lead project manager for the Chernobyl um, cleanup project, Maynard holiday shout out to him you know i'm just like out here you better know your facts you know what i mean and i think like the (laughs) the cool piece about gym that sets it apart from like other programs that do like support at the graduate level is that they partner with industry yes and the government to get funding so not only do the students receive their stipends through the academic year like fall spring they have mm-hmm. the chance to go and intern during the summer, typically right. with those companies that sponsor their fellowships. So that's right. And I and just you really earn the wish, money. yes, <laughs> free internship. You earn money. You also are really that working. And I mm-hmm. wish that this country understood the importance of apprenticeships and work mm. experience. Um, especially, it gives you. Well, look, Big Sister Zaretta Hammond says, right, competency. <laughs> breeds Mm -hmm. confidence right Mm -hmm. and so when you can work on developing those skills you're more confident and you can persist in those roles when you finally get there and so I'm just saying Jim is a wonderful like just organization and there's so many of us that have come through there so we're grateful to the things that they're doing and so I'm one of those people that also pushes for the companies that I'm a part of to join Jim so I'm happy that when I did go to Amazon I was able to advocate for them to become a Jim member and they did right uh yeah and nice yeah and so google also now sponsors undergraduate labs the grad labs as well so yeah but don't worry i'm working we ain't there yet (laughs) but (laughs) tamika i just wanted to highlight too when you did when you did all that particularly first at what at intel like you said shirley shirley was amazing um and shirley was a, a caucasian woman but she basically she was the reason i got the fellowship a number mm-hmm. of us came through there, but then when Shamika took it over for Intel, like she grew it to an amazing level. And then, like she said, like I think she talked about the technical piece that she did at Intel, but she's responsible for a lot of um, us getting degrees, getting into industry, getting well-paying jobs, negotiating salaries, and then the fact that she's kept that 
um, am- companies like Amazon and Google have been hard to get uh, mm-hmm. to be companies. Um, and the fact that as soon as she gets in the door, she said, this is the first thing we're doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't I play about it. that. And right now I'm actually doing a partnership with um, Morgan Latimer, um, who was founded by an ex-Googler, Anthony Mays, who is in Compton, Inglewood area. And we're doing an art of interviewing series, a free one. Um, so Ooh. if you're in Inglewood, you can actually go. It's like right about around like SoFi Stadium. Um, you can go in person to see Anthony um, or you can be online. Um, I'm always online um, to kind of monitor the chat and all of that stuff. So we're talking through it as if you are someone trying to get into the industry from the technical mm-hmm. perspective. But some of it is also applicable applicable to people who are not looking for hardcore technical roles as well. So I'm just saying, I just, I'm just trying to do as much as I can. <laughs> you because, you are you an interventionalist. I mean? Like you yes. design opportunities for people to have these experiences that they otherwise wouldn't have. And you can't do that if you've not been there. Right. Right. Come on. And I think too often we have people who haven't been there. Right. Yes. Who haven't been from, you know, where we come from designing experiences for us and then wondering why it doesn't work. Right. Right. We need a holistic approach. Right. Because you need to. So it's kind of like that Maslow's, you know, hierarchy of needs. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think of it in, you know, another way, which is you you still need those basic needs. But then there's these competencies that go over it. And then this self-reflection or realization that I am my identity is created as an engineer. But how can we make sure that the students that we want to pour into actually have those basic needs met? And yeah. I will say that I feel very happy about being, I know I'm jumping all over the place, but I'm no, at Code Next right now at Google because a part of what we do is the strategy was about meeting you in your community and meeting mm-hmm. you with what you needed. So like Code Next, we pay for their transportation to the labs. We have physical spaces that are technical playgrounds. They look like Google offices. We have micro kitchens in there. They get food. Um, when we were in the pandemic, we sent hotspots and devices to their homes. Love you see it. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's about like, I'm going to remove all those barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love about it is when I do, so right now, um, yes, I am still the diversity STEM strategist, but shout out to my manager, program lead, Peter Gay Clark. Um, she has extended her family, so she is on maternity leave. So Right mm-hmm. now, I'm also managing all of the instructional team for Code Next. So I have okay. a team in wow. Oakland, a team in New York, and a team in in Detroit because we just opened a site okay, in Detroit. Detroit. Super cool. In, yeah, conjunction with Ford. Oh, hey, we want to go there for Ooh. something. So let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about yeah, some synergy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's just what I love is we get to work with architects. We do these focus groups to talk about what these spaces should look like. So. There are like famous inventors who are black and brown from those communities, right? So like, I don't know, maybe I didn't know this, but apparently Detroit was like the founding place of techno music. 
Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. And they have a festival every year in Heart Plaza, and it's the biggest right. electronic music festival. Kyla so a lot of there. our stuff, yeah, a lot I of did. our stuff around that lab is about music, and we have clubs oh, that great. focus on, well, you know, Georgia Tech, Ear Sketch, shout out to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ryan Some McGurko, of that. Right. Michigan alum. Boom. <laughs> okay, come on, Michigan. My special son is on the football team. Shout out to them for winning. <laughs> they, they have been winning. They are undefeated right now. Oh okay, my. they stay winning. We were just talking about Harbaugh. I was like, okay. When he left the you know, 49ers, I was like, mm, no. But I figured I, he knew. What he, he, knew. he knew what he was doing. You see what I'm People saying? Know. And that is a lesson. You can't have other people dictating what it is because I will go back to this. When I decided I wanted to take over the diversity scholar program um, position, I had well-meaning mm-hmm. male engineers come to me, take me out to eat. I'm talking about all of this to say you are making a big mistake. Wow. By transitioning over. Because, you know, engineers yeah. think we know everything yeah. and that our jobs are the best. And I'm like, I'm out here to tell you that the money, the money is over there, too. Right. <laughs> you know See, what I mean? The money is still like green your, over there, basically. Right. Right. They're sounding like your guidance counselor from high school talking Girl. about why would you, you know, throw your talents away over there? Now, these people coming at you, why would you uh, and essentially saying the same thing? Like, yes. That's you have to go like, where you are called, right? right. And not everybody Come is called on. to do everything. Yes, exactly. Deion Sanders, I understand. Uh, <laughs> okay. You're like, I don't know if we're going to go that far. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. just saying. I mean, I the scale the scale of the dollar is different. <laughs> I think we went from 300K to 5 mil. But I'm just, but the other piece is he also has this opportunity to bring in more black coaches to Colorado. Bring, you and know, more black students up, and black yeah. students b- build them up get them to a salary where they can command salaries at other schools you mm-hmm. see what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's like he's doing he's doing some things he's i know it doesn't him. look crazy yeah. it looks it doesn't well, look right now you know what well, I mean? so dr waysom and dr mcmullen could i ask Jamika a question about that related to her industry, like something similar. Ooh, that, okay, yeah. Go for it, guest interviewer. Wh- <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand y'all. Just because I think I mean, she'll be a great person to answer this. So, you, I mean, you mentioned Dion in Colorado, and um, particularly when you think about University of Colorado Boulder and some of these these other PWI institutions, uh, mm-hmm. many of these spaces have been known not to be welcoming of people that mm-hmm. look like you and myself. Um, and when you see this in industry and you have you know, these these small doors open where you kind of have a minor influx of some of us. Um, I feel like that could be good or bad. Like, say, for instance, you're at Google right now. You've opened mm-hmm. opportunities at your previous companies. When you bring us in and then people are not used to interacting with us and their biases are not knocked down. Like, how do you how do you create <laughs> sustainable, safe spaces in those mm-hmm. type of situations? Oh, well, so. um I make anyone who is interacting with any of my program participants go through trainings. Mm. Um, And so this is called racial literacy (laughs) because you don't have to know, you know what I mean? Like, I know you don't understand, but what I want you to understand is like 
the historical context of these people in this country, what they have gone through, what they are continuing to go through so that you can have some level of empathy when you're working with them. So I make that first off, that is a requirement if you want to be, you know, anywhere around our students. Um, and internally, we used to have a course that did that, but now I just kind of talk through it. So I am I am all about that. That's step one. It's, it's just teaching people about racial literacy and how to interact with other people and, and, and making sure that the people that you bring into these spaces have that kind of experience of working in these communities. Because what I'm not going to do is have you say something that is harmful. I was in an interview, actually, with um, someone. I'm not going to tell you what company this was. And we were doing like kind of a demo, like a panel interview. And we were acting as if we were the students that we were serving in that interview. And this person was like, I'm going to have to kick you out of this class if you continue to disrupt. Uh... And now what was happening was we had, like I said, we were all playing roles. And that particular interviewee kept saying someone's name incorrectly. So one of us who was playing a student was trying to tell them it's this, it's not that, it's this, it's not that. And and that person, and so in my, I was like, mm -mm. <laughs> you know, you because, <laughs> because you didn't even bother to first off, listen to what the person was saying, which was you're, you, you're not even given enough, um, like attention to this. Like this person's name is this, say it correctly. Number two, why are you kicking anyone out? We're trying to, this is like a after school program, right? This is another place for these students to come and be there and, and build community. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have talked about the importance of social capital first, but that's what, you know, we want our students to build is social capital in all of the things that I've done in any of these student programs. And what social capital is, is just networking. Right. Um, if I don't already have a network with people in this space, I can't see myself. I can't build an identity. I can't um, tap into people who can help me um, get a job or learn more about any of this stuff. So that's the idea of social capital. So so basically, number one is making sure that you understand the community that you're serving to me. Otherwise, you have no business over here. I don't care. <laughs> All I know is whatever <laughs> diversity face. effort you are running, I just sign me up because <laughs> you are doing all the right thing. Because there's people who have, like Corey said, like so many different pieces where it's like, oh, we want to really get these people in here. But they're basically integrating people into a burning building. Ooh. It's like, let's figure out how to make sure that we're not just focusing on one thing and just leaving the rest of the picture completely out. So, so here's the other part off. of this for me is we are all engineers on this call. Mm -hmm. The way that we approach designing a product is the same way you should approach designing any program or anything that you're trying to do. I don't understand why people in this space think it's cute. Like, I think <laughs> DEI is cute and fluffy. Oh, Let's go goodness. hold hands. It's like, no, do the same work, the same landscape right. analysis, same focus groups, same design sprints measures metrics iterate 
I was you just about saying? to say, like, Shamika, you are a researcher. Like, this is not like a, a faint <laughs> no. of heart adventure that you've gone on. Like, you just defined a very technical term within the <laughs> education research space. Like, there are people who who spend their careers just focused on social capital, right? Yeah. Like, that's what they do. Yeah. That's their bread and butter. Yeah. So you're not just talking about that. You're talking about cultural competencies. You're talking about self-efficacy. You're talking about confidence. You're talking about identity and belonging. Like, this is not, oh, let me just go out and, like, make a program because I feel like it. This is, let me study this space, understand the needs, design something that addresses those needs, assess it and make sure that it is accomplishing the goals I want it to accomplish and then improve it based on the feedback I receive. Come on. Right. I mean, is that too much to ask? Is it? That's all I'm Apparently. saying. It's like, I don't understand why other people are not doing this. And then guess what? If you don't know, go out and outsource that junk. So yes. like, yeah. I also work with education I'll take the money. development center. Well, <laughs> right. I'm just saying, I you literally know? do work with my teams. Like I need someone who's an external evaluator to help mm-hmm. me. I need someone who's a statistician to help me. Yep. I need yeah. some, you see what I'm saying? So I'm literally right now working with West Ed on a predictive instrument survey on career outcomes. I'm also working with Education Development Center on doing external evaluation of our program and they're doing a mm-hmm. longitudinal study on our students and where they are. Um, and they also talk to our coaches, our staff, yeah. because it's not just about the students. They're interviewing the coaches as well. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all this stuff that we have learned in school, I don't understand why people are not employing those things, same things in this DEI work or education equity work. Now, that's not to say that there aren't, because clearly I know you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying that there are a lot of people who just have the passion, but don't even bother yeah. to, you know, read books, go to these conferences. <laughs> right. And like, what are you doing? I don't right. understand. No, I'll tell you what. I know exactly why. Because I've been in meetings where people are like, oh, let's start a K-12 outreach. Number one, engineers, I think we have this ego where we're like, we are so smart. Can do anything. Anything that I put together <laughs> is going to be great. I don't need to consult anyone. And also right. people see it like it's like it's community service. Like I'm just doing it because it's good to do. Like make sandwiches for the homeless, do black girls codes. Same thing. Like they make it seem as though you don't have to research sandwiches to make sandwiches for the homeless. But, you know, people don't they don't think about the lives they're impacting. And I was on a call and I was like, we cannot get so enamored with ourselves that we're just going to totally neglect the people whose actual job Mm -hmm. and scholarship and research this is and think we can just jump into a school system and teach them engineering and go home. I'm like, they're going to be like, y'all are boring. You don't know what you're doing. We've wasted our time. We've wasted their time. I had to go in. (laughs) And so we're we're not even trained. Yeah, we're not even trained you say, to do something. You say it sounds like you were. It sounds like you were referring to entities. I mean, when you said that, I mean, I just think of some entities that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, some, you know, yeah. Not everybody, but large groups of people in ASWE, TS <laughs> education, right? Like, what happens is people try to play the role and say, "Well, let me tell you how black students learn," right? <laughs> um, right. And- Did you ask right. black students how they learn? Did you ask? Did you? And then how? What was your sample size? Like how many people did you talk to? Five people. And where'd you get these black students from? Are they all kids of professors? And what is the validity of your assessment? 
Did you right. even fine tune that? I'm sorry, because so I don't know. Some of these questions sound situational. Today, right. I might answer it different. Right. Mm-hmm. Come yeah, on, another thing, <laughs> I think that comes up related to that, too. I feel like uh, what Dr. Wayson pointed out about, um, you know, oh, if the money is there, you know, I'll take the money and I can I can show you how to do it. Yes. I think, uh, resources are typically limited in this space. And the only time you see uh, my increase of money is in reactive situations like somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, you had a racist student at a school yep. start saying stuff, i.e. my school. Right. Uh, you have. Mm-hmm. Right. So or every other institution or company, you have um, something happens and people react and say, we're going to throw a pot of money, but they don't let it be. They don't throw a sustainable amount of resources at it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like y'all got the money to clean up the mess, but not to prevent the mess. Because mm-hmm. do you really care? Right. You and see what I'm saying? Like, I, I, but, so what I will say is this. There's a strategy. We're in the matrix. Y'all know that. Ender's game or the matrix is what I say. Either one. Pick one. So if you know what the game is, how do we create these sustainable programs? And a lot of it is just understanding your senior leadership, what they care about, but also doing really interesting things like land leases that take a lot of time. You know what I mean? Like things where it's like you can't shut this train down because it's here, right? Yeah. With Tech Exchange, we built a campus. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's here. There will forever now be a Howard University training room on the you know campus of Google in Sunnyvale. Hmm. Forever. You see what I'm saying? So what I try to do is things where this is something that it's going to take you like you could still tear anything down, but it's going to take you a long time to stop that train that I put Mm -hmm. in motion. Right. But I just want people to understand that this work is very important and the same level of care and attention that you would put into anything as a product manager or an engineer is the same level that you would put into any of this work. And Oh my Mm -hmm. God, thank you for being in this space. That's why I'm saying like, for me, I'm someone who is passionate, but also I would call you and be like, please tell me what to do. Can I hire you? You see what I'm saying? I need a contract. Can you come do this? You know, I made the comment about money because, you know, people who are in my position are often Mm -hmm. offered pennies for our work and, efforts (laughs) in comparison to like if i were gonna do like my technical research right like my technical research and put it in air quotes because my work that i do today is equally as technical yeah and it's for me it's harder right like Mm -hmm. can i make a physical device to test something and like pull data out of that and create you know a whole algorithm to understand Mm -hmm. like the information there absolutely i can do that yep it's pretty straightforward for my brain to make those connections. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to understand you. Mm, yeah. Like we have trouble finding spouses mm. or friends. Now you're asking me to understand a complete stranger mm-hmm. whose life and experience is very different from mine. Come on. Like, you know, that's hard. It's very hard. I mean, and, and, and so yeah. I, I'm I'm with you on that, but I want to just say that I have had someone actually send me a proposal for landscape analysis, and I'm gonna put numbers out here. And this person said I can do all of that for thirty thousand dollars. 
That's a no, you can't. <laughs> but but let me say this. The person was a black person who was mm. working for a nonprofit. And I think that this person just really, really wanted to work. So it was like they were mm. under. And I was like, I have seen people who are doing less work for me ask for 100000 Go back and really compute how many hours and what this is. And so I, I also give that advice to people I work with. Like, if I think it's too low, I'm going to tell you, go, if I don't go back and get, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I'm trying to make you go crazy with the right, money, but yeah. I'm saying I, I, I know what this is worth. And so I want mm-hmm. you to get what you're worth. And I, yeah. I just, that's another thing that I see in our communities too, is that we'll be like, I could do this for, you know, 25 cents on a dollar of some, what somebody else is asking for. That's crazy. Mm-mm. No. And then you undershooting yourself. I don't got time for that. yourself. <laughs> right. So you get says right. always yeah. at zero. Add it. Like, just seriously. <laughs> Give a range. All they can say is no. And, mm-hmm. Or they'll just like renegotiate and send renegotiate, back their counter yeah. offer. It's whatever. But I just, I don't like to see us do that to ourselves. And I'm saying this as a person who was severely underpaid for a large part of her career because she did not, well, first off, there was a recession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was happened. yeah and about the, well at that time we had no raises at the company i was with and so basically i had a couple of years where nothing happened and then when we started getting it, it was like percentages so um. i'm saying that to say like small like one percent so what i'm saying is you got to come in with the right base know what people are getting um and and be able to root yourself in what you're confident. Remember that competency part? Like, if I know I can bring this, then this is what I am worth. I mean, yeah. one of my, my good friends, I mean, his base is about to be like 300,000. Engineering. Hey. That's your good. base. <laughs> Sounds good to me. The raises come off of that. <laughs> come on. That's what <laughs> I'm trying to say. Your annual yeah. bonus, all of that stuff is based on that. So... Make sure that you're really negotiating for yourself and confident in all of those things. And that goes for education as well, because I, I want to say I'm hiring teachers. If you hey. teach computer <laughs> science education, please holler at me. Um, Shemika <laughs> at Google.com. Anyway, <laughs> like, I, I really, really am like in Detroit right now <laughs> looking for hey. people to teach. So, I mean, and I feel like it's a competitive salary when I think of what teachers are making. And it's a mm-hmm. shame that teachers are making what they're making because kids are a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's a lot. It is. If you do it right, right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. When you really like go into these frameworks and models and pedagogies and like, oh my God, inspiration and self reflection. <laughs> All Life on kindergarten. You know what and I mean? When learning you, and all you of this. Like, yeah. This energy. I pass out after class because I'm like, I literally, I feel like I'm doing the most. You probably the are. The most. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate you for all of that is what I'm saying. And so I guess now that I am managing this group of instructors to see how amazing they are in the space with these high school students, because that's what Code Next focuses on. Is just like, 
oh my God. And not only do they have to worry about the students, they also have to worry about Googlers because they co-teach with Googlers. So a part of what they're doing is instructional um, coaching with the Googlers, right? Um, Shout out to Giant Machines as well for (laughs) also providing me. When I tell you, look, baby, I don't have to know how to do it. Let's outsource some things and get you the support that you need because that's how serious we are about providing these cutting edge learning experiences. So we're also working with them to also get professional development for anyone who is teaching our students as well. So I'm just, I'm just having fun. People let me in, (laughs) you know what I mean? And you're going from stage to stage talking about how fabulous and wonderful you are (laughs) and what Google has to offer people, which is great. So you have to answer Corey's question. Oh, go ahead. No, earlier when we talked, you said, like, you you created your position. Oh, right? that's right. I did. And oh. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> so let me, I can't give all the credit to myself. A part of it was me taking Dr. Kamal Bob's <laughs> title and repurposing it. Because yeah. he moved into a different title at Google. He also still runs his center at Georgia Tech. I don't know mm-hmm. when he sleeps. He and doesn't. we sit next together, actually. Like, his desk is right next to mine at Google. And we actually started on the first day, the same day. So we have oh, a first-day wow. selfie um, together. So this is hilarious um, to me. But... <laughs> So y'all were yeah, Nooglers so together? We were Nooglers and we have the first day. So I used, let me, I know Nooglers. It's so funny, but I, I was starstruck when I saw him because I actually used his research to help build Amazon Future Engineer. Wow. So if you don't know about the whole Amazon writing papers thing, you should really consider this if you want to work for Amazon on the corporate side, if you enjoy writing, research, those types of things, Amazon is definitely a great place for you. And I feel like it was a great place for me to kind of re-strengthen that muscle because the last time I had done real, real research was in graduate school. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. going to Amazon and having to write all these papers, because that's how we do things. We don't pitch. We don't do presentations. You literally write a white paper and come into a meeting and put it down and everybody reads silently for 30 minutes. And it's like oh a defense. Gosh, that sounds you awful. That. That's what I'm saying. See, that's why I said it. Amazon is for introverts. People who are know. who have PhD. Not even that. I just like doing people. the work in the meeting. Like just let's just get yes. the ideas out here. Oh, read yeah. it. Talk boom. it out. We've decided. Can't boom, do boom, it. Boom. But it can also be scary for those who have not defended any of their work. It sounds horrible. Like it's- <laughs> it teaches you though. It teaches you <laughs> how to. You. Oh, I'm getting these kind of questions. Ooh. Let me answer those kind of questions in advance. You know Next what it sounds on. like to me? Uh, NSF paint. review panel. Oh yeah, but it with is. the person in the room, right? Yeah, defending their proposal. Ugh. You there? That would be kind of cool, actually. Right. Mm-hmm. But the part of the, the white paper, so you write the white paper, but a part of it is the FAQ session section where you're actually doing that, where you're saying, these are questions that I anticipate them asking, like, what's your five-year plan? What's the budget? What's the operational mm-hmm. plan? How mm-hmm. many people? You see what I'm saying? Like, all of this stuff. Why do you think we need this? Blah, blah, blah. So you're actually going through <laughs> all that and defending all of that work. So um, anyway, back to that. That's why I knew Dr. Bob was because... Because I had used some of his work that he had been putting out um, to build what the strategy was going to be for Amazon Future Engineer. So having him as a colleague here was amazing. And he helped me 
um, do a lot of work when I was on, I was a program lead for Tech Exchange, which is the expansion of Howard West. Um, mm-hmm. So like we would talk back and forth about, you know, what this should really be, what the strategy should be going forward. Um, and so I'm going to get real deep here. So I had my own like kind of um, personal mental health thing that happened to me. I lost both parents within mm. a very short amount of time. And in 2019, I came to work and I was like talking like this, but tears were running down my eyes. And my team was like, do you realize you're crying? Because I was talking like this. Didn't mm. even know it was happening. So I took a six month leave of absence. Um, because, and I want to just say that, yes, it was scary, but if you need that and you're able to do it, please do what is best for you because we can't bring this work forward. You have people who love you. Please make sure you take care of yourself. So when I came back after that six months, they were like, yo, what, what you want to (laughs) do kind of thing. And I was like, bet I'm just going to create this position where I can basically be a hybrid. So I do research um, for Code Next, but also for the larger internal org. So that West Ed project is, you know, with the internal org. So I do a lot of that. I get to advise a lot of other educational programs and sit in um, to help them um, figure out how to really make this a culturally responsive, (laughs) you know, program and offering that we want to provide as well. Um, And then just also just really like dope, like mad scientist. So some of the really fun stuff is working with our Coral AI team. Um, So they have this new USB accelerator that helps you do edge ML. So instead of having to go to the cloud, you can do it, you know, right here on your computer. And so building this whole curriculum with them and helping them to repurpose their AIY makers um, website, that was fun. You know what I mean? So I get to do like real fun stuff. Um, so I get to just wake up and say, what am I doing today? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel now, like that's us. Because like you're basically yeah. <laughs> researcher. That's what we do. <laughs> I mean, but 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 now a lot of my time is now devoted to managing this team. Um, mm-hmm. And so that has been a great experience for me learning from so many amazing educators. A lot of them come from that background and have that background. Um, And it's just amazing to see them just interact with the students when I do get to go and travel and go into those labs, seeing our students interact with the coaches. They're like, you know, aunties, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You know, in Africa, everybody's your auntie is auntie I, auntie this, auntie that. And so I see that and I love it, you know, and then internal to Google, people have said to us, your team is magical. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they just see how we talk to each other. Like, we actually like each other outside of work and we cheer each other on, you know, like people are just amazing. So I, I will say to me, you said, what was my favorite job? I'll say that Google has actually been one of my favorite experiences in just period, just how people treat each other, the respect that people give each other and the fact that I can literally just say okay vice president whoever I want to talk to you today and they'll be like okay (laughs) you know what I mean like that's so weird to me at other companies it's this whole deference hierarchy like oh my god you must first talk to this person before that person no that is not how it operates here and so 
people are just so willing to learn from each other. I think it's because um, we believe we are hiring the best people on the planet and that everybody is meant to be here. So it's kind of like, if you hear that, let's go and figure out what we're doing. And let's go. Women who are kicking <laughs> butts in this company. Yeah. Do you hear uh, me? So I love it. You got me wanting to come over there and work. Right. Like, I got you questions. You are doing the work. You are doing the work. <laughs> I need you because I, I, I'm still calling you like, what is this word? Look. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm just do you saying. Do outside consultant as well because there's so many people who need your skill set in various contexts and settings. So here's the thing, and I know all of y'all probably have the same thing. So I tell people I suffer from opportunity. Um, <laughs> right? A lot of people That's want you to do things. Yeah, I suffer that from is a it. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and so I actually. I don't. Okay, so yes and no. So I am on a board um, mm -hmm. for Piper, which is a makerspace company um, for like toys in that space. So yes, I, I'm on a board. So kind of consulting. Um, and then sometimes I do um, quarterlies with people who are in this space at different companies where we just kind of share ideas and talk about what we can do together. Um, and then also I do have some other folks who are I'm considering joining those boards, but for me, it, it is, I don't care about it being me. I just want it to be the right person. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so yeah. I'm the kind of person and, and actually it's so funny. I, the, the job for Google, Google called me three times before I accepted it. I kept, <laughs> wow. re I kept recommending other people <laughs> and they like, no, we called you. <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't have a problem. But my point is, is like, I feel like there we all can contribute. So I'm not going, I can't be everywhere. So if yeah. there is something that I hear about and I'm like, oh, this person is perfect. Oh, I'll recommend you in a minute. Of course, I'll call you first and be like, are you okay with me recommending? <laughs> yeah. you? you know what I mean? But that's how I see it. But yeah, I can some a little consulting, but not as much just because I got a mm -hmm. lot of kids. I, I mean, yeah, that's, somehow that's in this whole piece. trajectory, she had three humans, <laughs> and I'm over here struggling with one. So I don't even know. But that's a lot. <laughs> zero to one. You know People what I mean? People keep saying that. Like zero to one is a lot. It is one to two. Not so bad. Eh. Two to three. <laughs> yeah, it's like the zero to one do and the it. two to three is craziness. But yeah. then after that, it's like you just in the wilderness at that point. Just keep <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somebody watching. Somebody see you. <laughs> okay, at this point, it's all good. It is all good. Well, I feel like we've covered your whole trajectory and everything. I want to yeah. know like, if there's anything that you feel like our listeners should know just based on your trajectory, like what you've been through, what you've seen in the tech world. Yeah, I think I'm going to go back to what we talked about earlier about, you know, folks, sometimes people don't see what you see and they may try to discourage you from making these jumps, you know, especially those outside of tech. I get this all the time. Like I have a very close friend. I recommended her for that job as well. <laughs> <laughs> that but guess what? Google did not take her for that one, but said you're absolutely perfect for this other role. And she mm. ended up coming to Google. So she made a transition from government into tech, because here's the thing about operations. That's that's everybody needs somebody with operation skills. 
right? Um, and so what I'm saying in leadership, mm-hmm. everybody needs that. The other piece is, is that, um, so I just want to say again, don't let anybody else like determine what your journey is going to be. If you see yourself in these roles, please go after it. Also, if you want to make a switch from being, you know, highly technical to non-technical or the, the, the reverse, you can do that too. You have life, you know, there are 24 hours in a day. You, there's so many self-paced courses and I'm talking about either way because Mm -hmm. I did that myself. Like, Oh, LinkedIn has courses. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like all of this stuff, uh, grow with Google, all of this stuff where I was like, Oh, program management courses. Let me go check that out. So whatever it is you want to do, there's opportunity for you to learn or to use that social capital that we talked about looking around your network to say, Oh, okay. This person has this skill. I can tap into that. So just don't be afraid. And well, a little fear is good because that tells you that this is actually a growth opportunity. So mm-hmm. don't, you can be a little afraid now. If you a lot of afraid, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you want, <laughs> you want to have a percentage of some of the skill, right? right. Um, you don't want it to be the other way around. So I would say, you know, please just, you know, continue to do those things. And that's what I will say is because, like I said, I had people who wanted to discourage me in high school, people who wanted to discourage me, you know, not going full, you know, non-technical, but I still consider myself right, technical, <laughs> um, because like I am, my staff, they are computer science teachers, so I still need to know how to program things to be able to help them as well. Um, But I will say I'm right now just considering what my next thing will be. I know I love music, right? Mm -hmm. I know that I love, you know, certain things. So I'm like thinking about how do I use those things too to continue what my mission statement is, my personal mission statement, which is to change the complexion of tech, right? So how do I usher in more people, right? And get them to stay here, like we talked about before. So I've been thinking more deeply about, does that mean that I should go back um, into a completely technical role? Because here's the thing, we create all these programs, we bring these babies in, and babies, yes, adults too, right? I'm yeah. just saying, we bring these babies in, and then we but drop we them off. we nurture them like babies. <laughs> right, and then we drop them off yeah. with these crazy people. <laughs> you see the crazy saying? people and the same crazy people that's the reason why they ain't there like come on and i see this kind of like the <laughs> leaky faucet just they like oh no you're not finna talk to me like this you see what i'm saying or oh yeah. no i'm not gonna do this and so Mm-mm. it's like then how do i create more of us who can go into those roles and be directors of engineering and managers in that space and to help to pr- provide you know, that mm-hmm. air cover for our people. Um, and so I'm I'm thinking of all these other things. Also, there's this opportunity to help make HBCUs more research one um, institutions, right? So I'm thinking of what's the next thing I can do, like I said, in service of that mission statement of changing the complexion of tech. So Aww. stay tuned on that. <laughs> what, can, can I ask I a, a question related to that, but it could be slightly controversial? Oh, Uh-oh. oh, my. Because I, I know I know everybody wants to hear the tea and um, and thought. So, so Shamika, you're you're an HBCU grad, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, 
current professors when it comes to CS and engineering at our historically black colleges that don't look like us. Right. And mm-hmm. so right now, when we talk about going back um, and this is something that I felt like I fought with myself and friends too. like, you know, it, first, some people assume that getting uh, a faculty position at HBC was easy. It is not right. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. And then when you look at the landscape, <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't the faculty don't look like us. So the students look like us. Even if we say we want to get back and start teaching there, like most of these departments maybe look like our our individual PDI, uh, PWI institutions. So what, mm-hmm. what's, your, what's your thoughts about that? Because even when, say, for instance, that when these companies are giving money to mm. diversify, many of that mm-hmm. money goes to the department or the faculty to try to funnel that out. And those uh, faculty and uh, departments don't look like us. Mm. Oh, Lord. Dr. Baker. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. That <laughs> is. Episode. You know what? I've been, I've been trying to... I, I also think about that deeply, too. So when I was the program lead for Tech Exchange, I thought about that, too, um, because one of the big things or strategy points was like that I wanted professors that looked like my students who were going to co-teach with these Googlers who may or may not look like my students, right? Um, and you're right. Um, we do have some folks that are that. But let, let's, let's talk about this. The pay. Right. <laughs> At those schools versus the others. So and the amount of positions that are open. Right. That's why it's harder to. So I feel like there's so many things that we need to do. We need to first like have these like programs that are nurturing like the who's next in mm-hmm. you know as as far as the professor goes if you have grad students at these places why aren't you already talking to them about like converting into that i mean i was at nc state for grad school and some of the phd's that were there are now professors at nc state but they were they had their claws in them and i'm talking about black guys <laughs> claws in them you know while they were going through it and so what i'm saying is why won't we use the same strategy as well where we're actually um, recruiting and entertaining and giving them these things, just like how we do in corporate, right? Like we give you dinner, we do these info sessions on campus to get you all excited. Why are we not doing the same things, right, in Mm -hmm. that space? And I would love to see that. But what I am saying is I I actually love that we, I see more now, Um, especially black women, Um, in this space. And so I'm really excited um, to see that, but I would like to see even more. Um, And then also, I mean, I would like to teach at some point, but I don't know about PhDs. That makes me break out in hives. Well, I I encourage everyone else to get one. You have a master's degree. (laughs) You can teach. Right, right. I so, mean, yeah, adjunct. But I'm saying, nah, nah. I want, I want some tenure. Power. Not even adjunct. No, not you adjunct. You could be you instructional be faculty. Yeah, I want, I want to be one of the people who can actually make some difference. You know, I, I, I guess what I'm thinking of, and and correct me, please, please, everyone. Like the hierarchy you know, when it comes, yeah, to decision making yeah. and all of that stuff within the department. Yes, you're right. Being a lecturer is still great. You know what I mean? Like I still am able to influence the students mm-hmm. and get them excited and inspired. But I'm also thinking about 
how how am I able to make sure that the research dollars go with these research assistants and they're selected for these opportunities and that we're graduating them and they're not being railroaded by advisory committees and you see what I'm saying like we you gotta know. go somewhere where the space exists to be able to do it you know like that's like the biggest piece of all of it really your position title doesn't necessarily matter if the environment is a space where they respect you, right? So and so let me, let me that's ask hard to this. find, but it exists. I feel like, and, and maybe this is me being, you know, making assumptions as well. I feel like you aren't really as respected when you don't have the PhD. You see what I'm saying? Like when you're trying to work in those spaces, especially. So for instance, there was a very well-known Ivy League school that was looking for someone for their computer science department, like a diversity strategist. And that person, they called me to consider the job. And I felt like I was not going to be able to command um, what I needed to from those people to actually usher in the change. Like, I need you to listen to me and I need you to not be, you know, be like, dismiss me because I don't have a PhD. Now, I'm like I said, this is me and my assumptions. <laughs> um, so tell me if I'm wrong. If that I think you know. if you weren't who you are, then you would be right. <laughs> right <laughs> but you've you've done so much right like you've made <laughs> huge waves i think you, you're saying like oh i did this and i did that and i did this like it's something small they built a building <laughs> right for your initiative <laughs> right like the cost of materials these days <laughs> we're talking about millions <laughs> right wood was expensive when they built that building <laughs> correct <laughs> they they've done so much like You've the amount of money that you've been able to leverage pales like some of these faculty couldn't even imagine it. Mm. They'll never touch that amount of money. So, like, what do we, what does this piece of paper mean if you can't get the money to do what you're trying to do, anyways? Mm. Right? Like, you've done what they would aspire to do. You've made the changes. You've you've impacted the lives. Right. Of people. You have the impacts. And so, if so you were just you. a fresh master's graduate, perhaps, but right. you have all of this experience, you <laughs> right. understand what's it's going demonstrated. On well, okay, it's so published. Thank you. I receive. Yes, um, ACM, please publish my paper. <laughs> <laughs> Can we hurry up? And, I'm just anyway. Um, anyway, um, I received that. And see, I wanted to say once again to the listeners, like this is what this is all about is having people around you who can still push you and encourage you. And you can ask these questions to mm-hmm. to say, I may be making this assumption, but is this true? Right. And so thank you both. Um, for that, definitely. And I'm here to do the same for you. So seriously, we need you to do that. But I, Corey, you got me going on this question because now I'm thinking like, how can we actually do that? Like kind of create like this faculty in residence, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Kind mm-hmm. of thing to build up and have like this kind of like combine of these wonderful black and brown soon to be professors that we can deploy everywhere. But you know, I was in my fellowship, one of my fellowships I got in grad school was exactly for that. And Mm. I think it was through like the Department of Defense. And we had to basically sign a contract that said after we finished the fellowship, we were going to work in HBCU. Clearly, I did not work in HBCU, (laughs) but you want to know why. Um, 
about midway through the fellowship program, there was a separate DOD related case where Mm -hmm. someone didn't get a contract and they sued and all this stuff because it went to a minority bidder. And then that person won and they said, okay, none of our money can go specifically towards a minority focused anything. So lost my fellowship in the middle of grad school just because of something that had nothing to do with it. But you know, all that to say, there are people who have this initiative that that they definitely want to do because it was all black and brown people and we're, you know, at all different universities. They had a little conference for us, Mm. you know, and you're signing on with the advisor and the advisor. We need to resurrect that. I'm telling you, you need to resurrect that non-restricted funding. Before somebody listens to the podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't isn't coming out till like February, March. Uh, Okay, so let's hurry up and get this started. Get it in there. Get it under review. Yes. Well, I I think also the thing that happens with those particular departments, I, I feel like if you look at many um, CS engineering, H- just HBCU departments, many of those faculty are not black, right? Many of those faculty are not women. And so when you look at the department chairs and then even the respective deans of colleges, I think there's only a sprinkle um, of deans so, who are black at, at the HBCUs. Um, you run into many of the problems that you run in at these other schools. Like they, you can, like, the, I don't even think they, they have it listed as a bullet point, but their goal is for some reason still not to hire black faculty. They're going to choose a colleague that looks like them. Um, oh, over. we know. Yeah. Nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the, I, I feel like when, when you said, when you mentioned that um, I thought about when you said, when you take these roles, um, you either have to have either one or two good people who are high up that are going to be willing to, to stand with you. Or you mm-hmm. got to have a critical mass is what Dr. Wilson was talking about. If you have enough yeah. people there to, to to make those waves, and I feel like it's possible. But in many of these situations, even in our own HBCUs, we don't we don't have a critical mass. Um, mm. And so how do we how do we create that? Or um, yeah, I mean, there are organizations that are trying to I feel like they convene like the professors from HBCUs, um, private and, you know, public together to try to talk about these things. But I also just think that it, it it's money too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, I keep going back to this thing. I know this is terrible, but I feel like we are always asking our people to be martyrs. You know what I mean? Like, we always want us to sacrifice. Why I got to eat ramen noodles for the all of the black community? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, why, why are you, why are you asking? I'm just saying. So right. what happens is, is like, let's say you do get an offer from HBCU versus somewhere else. Is it competitive with each other? Do they, are they able to give you that? Um, but also with the other package deal stuff that comes with it, with the development and the travel budget and the, you know, you can See, go to this infrastructure. That's, that's phase <laughs> two of our proposal because it is equipping them and then mm-hmm. let them take whatever salary the school can afford, but we can supplement their right, salary by giving to you be competitive other, and yes. you're not taking and this, have grant writing. On the sword resources and all mm-hmm. of that yeah right so i'm just saying it's, it's writing like itself now we yeah. we writing this thing but <laughs> i'm just saying stuff. like we we gotta yes. give them incentives for folks to actually want to go there um but you're right i i just think it's just it's 
it's so many things. The statistics of who's coming out of school, where they're going, right? Because some PhDs are going into industry. You got mm-hmm. some going into, you know, it's like everybody's going other places. So it's just a small amount of talent that we can tap into for those things. So you either got to, yeah. I just realized <laughs> all this time we've been talking, I'm holding a pen. Do you see? <laughs> Google. Oh my gosh. She has a Google pen. And I literally made my tea in this in Google mug. We oh have been so indoctrinated. They're so Corey, Googling. what Google stuff you got around I you? I don't have anything. They so I had a Google so summer weird. program this year. I guess it hey, takes that was I'm sorry that to way. have Thank like you. broken the conversation. That is but hilarious. I just, no. Wow. wow. I'm no. sure if I look at my desk, I'll find something else. I love cause... this pen, by the way. It's like a Sharpie pen. It's fabulous. <laughs> It's We're so happy that we could have given you this wonderful swag. It's my favorite. I have <laughs> a bunch of them. Something very, very swag is great. Seriously. And I cannot, now that, you know, we're all off punishment and can go back outside, I hope to see you at some wonderful Google conferences. Yeah. We'll have to connect and, you know, yes. obviously be actual friends in real life and not just have our, our network Yes, 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 because you're in Atlanta. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. No, no. We're we're both in Gainesville. Oh. But we we kind of halfway live in Atlanta. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're always in Atlanta. Oh, this was so much fun. Like, Thank you for joining us, Samika. No, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And do more Google stuff. (laughs) Yeah, before we go, could you tell people how to find you on the internet? How do they find you? Oh, God. Please don't look for me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, Shamika Emanuel as well. Um, And then also, it's just really easy to find me at Google. I should probably not give you my address, but just putting it out there that I'm the only Shamika... (laughs) At Google.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but spelt my way, okay? I okay. actually just met another Shamika at Google um, this oh. week at work, and I'm very oh, excited. Wow. Yes, yes. She just that's spells it cool. differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of how you can find me either on LinkedIn or, you know, hit me up at uh, work because it's always job. up. I know it's always up. <laughs> <laughs> on your episode page we're gonna put like your linkedin and all the social media that you gave us Aww. so they will know how to find you if they just look in the show notes if they're listening oh my God. So. if they Y'all do are amazing like when i got this whole kit i was like this is legit <laughs> like i got nervous like oh. <laughs> No, Corey. thank you for hopping yes. on too it was really good to see you thanks yes. for having me. i'm glad i could I support need- you all I need to post our chat where I'm like, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. But yes, thank you both that so much. Okay. That is hilarious. Wait, what did your hat say? Oh, this is a uh, KB. This is my brother. He's a comedian. So this is his. Oh, but he has cool. like Dragon Ball Z. So yeah, Dragon Ball Z colored. Okay, so we'll, uh, we'll plug cool. Keenan. Like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Shout out to I Keenan thought it Baker. was KB Toy Story. Me like, too. <laughs> we dating ourselves. I was like, I ain't seen no KB Toy Story in a long time. In a long time. <laughs> okay. All right, and Corey, if people want to find you. How do they find you? Uh, Twitter uh, at Dr. Corey Baker, or if you just if you type Corey Baker Kentucky, I'll come up in Google. Okay. Oh, 
Kentucky. Right. That good old This was a fun episode. <laughs> this was fun. We need to have more dropping guests. I'm just I know. Yes. I had fun. Definitely. And it's <laughs> yes. good to see. Dropping or, th- or throwing guests. I kind of <laughs> Look. Hey. hey. It could have it been like real ratchet for a minute. And we decided <laughs> to be nice to you. So be grateful. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, y'all did double team me. But uh, <laughs> it was all love. It was yeah, all love. All love. But it was you enjoyed your time. Well. Likewise. As always, you can find us on our website, modernfigurespodcast.com. Send your questions to ask us at modernfigurespodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla, and I am at Jeremy Waysom. Visit modernfiguresinc.com to learn more about our nonprofit organization aimed at promoting and engaging with women and girls interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and of course, computing. Until next time, stay moisturized, hydrated, mind your business, and protect your peace.